You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Amen. Would you stay standing? Stay standing. I know if you're anything like me, this week has been crazy and not because of the playoffs either. Sometimes it's so difficult. The darkness and corruption is so thick around us. The brokenness and chaos is so thick. Sometimes it's so hard to see God through it. But I'm here to stand in the gap and say that our God is alive, he is active, and King Jesus is always on the throne, amen? You believe that? I believe God is in control of this whole world. And you know what? Even in our political government, God, the word of God says that kingdoms will rise and kingdoms will fall. Kings and officials will rise into office but God will remove them and they will fall. God is in control and we friends as a church, as brothers and sisters and believers in Jesus Christ that makes you a daughter or a son of God, we have a living hope that no matter if everything crumbles around us, Jesus is king and his kingdom is unshakable. His kingdom is unwavering. His kingdom is powerful and has authority and no officials, no government on this planet can contend with the authority and the kingdom of our God. You believe that? I believe it with all my heart. You see, Jesus knew that. Jesus, by the way, lived in a time of the Roman government rule to where they executed people just for fun to put fear in people. They crucified our Lord, but our Lord could have stopped it. But he knew what he had to do for his kingdom to come. And I say that today, that you know what? God's ways and his timing is not ours. But don't be mistaken, friends. His justice on evil will come. It will come and pray that you are on the side of the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of darkness. Because not one iota of the dominion of darkness will go unpunished. Not one of them. Not one of it. Sin, your time is running out. Satan and all the dominions of darkness, your time's running out. Church, our time's running out to be the kingdom of light and to bring the power of God in ways we haven't seen yet. You know, my son, when he plays card, card games, he always has this phrase when he's losing, you ain't seen nothing yet, daddy. I think we just tell the enemy, you ain't seen nothing yet. The power of the cross that defeated you is still the power that is in control. Jesus said, you will have many trials and tribulations. Corruption and evil will rise its ugly head from century to century, but be not afraid. Do you know one of the main scriptures or phrases Jesus said all through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, was this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Though it's not going the way we think, though things are majorly corrupt and chaotic, though things are wrong and false and against us, though you may even be persecuted for taking a stand for what's right, don't be afraid. Why? Because the kingdom of God will never be shaken. That's the hope we have. And so I want us to read a declaration that we just sang and I understand in the morning we come on Sundays, we, get, we have to get warmed up through a couple songs. And I get that. So now you're warmed up, you don't have an excuse. Now, <laughs> let's declare what we're going to do. 
As Christians, we don't fight the way the world fights. And so I want us to declare this together and then hopefully we can sing it so that everyone hears it and that we know it. Ready? So I want you to say it as loud as you can. Ready? When all I see is the battle, you see the victory. We got to do that again. Amen and amen. This week, I just had to continue to turn off the TV, turn off social media and say, I see the victory. I call it into fruition because the victory of the cross doesn't have to be seen. It's coming and the devil knows it. So let's do it again. Ready? Come on, say it like you believe it. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. Next one. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Amen. Next verse. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there is nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Amen. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. That's why we lift our hands. Would you lift your hands? This is a sign of victory, a sign of surrender to say, this isn't our battle anymore. This is all God's and we release it to him for he is in control. And I'm not gonna play God. He's God. He has the last say. He is righteous. He is holy. He is perfect and he will never be defeated. Go ahead and be seated. I've asked the band to stay up for a a moment because like I said, um, before the new year, I think it was uh, November before the elections, that no matter who is officially elected, no matter who comes into office, we as the church are going to pray for that administration. We're gonna pray for our leaders. Jesus never said, don't pray for those you don't agree with. He never said those who persecute you, those who are against you, yeah, don't pray for them. No, Jesus went to the cross for them, for you. And we're to pray. Look at the Apostle Paul. If you don't know, the Apostle Paul was a servant to the letter of the Jewish law. He was climbing the ladder of the Jewish religious leadership ranks. He was one of the chief killers of Christians. He killed Christians. He persecuted Christians. His goal was to wipe out the Christian movement from the face of the earth. And then he met the creator of the earth. Face to face, Jesus met him on the Damascus road on his way to kill more Christians. Jesus changed him. Do you believe that there's nothing too hard for our God? The ones in our office, in the government, the ones to come, the ones down the future. They are not too far from the life-changing transformation of Jesus Christ. I want to address uh, what's going on. We're doing a series. Can you put that uh, image up? We're doing a series called Get Real. Imagine that. This was planned before uh, Christmas. I just love how God He knows exactly what we're going to be facing down the road. He knows exactly what we need. Aren't you glad for those moments where you wonder where God is, and then a couple weeks later or a couple months or a couple years later, you look back and you say, oh my gosh, God gave me exactly what I needed for that time. He's so good. He's faithful. But let's just get real. Um, What's going on sucks. It's evil. There's a lot of stuff going on and we just need to get real with it. But 
more importantly, we need to be real and get real with God. And we're going to pray in a moment, but I wanted to address, I'm not going to address what's right and what's wrong in this, in, in this service. There's just no, we don't have the time for that in, in this service. But what I do want to address is God's kingdom will have the last say. And as Christians, we are called not to lose hope. We are called not to lose faith. But friends, we're also called to fix our eyes on the hope of Jesus, not anything else. And when we fix our eyes on politics, we fix our eyes on human strength, we fix our eyes on things that are wrong and right, we lose sight. We lose sight of God. Man, we in this culture, we get our priorities so mixed up. And I was sick this morning to my stomach because I had no clue what God was going to say. And I still don't. But I sense that the Lord wants to speak to us and wake us up from the dead to become the church that Jesus has always designed from the very beginning. And so in addressing our current events before we pray, I wanna give you the ABCs of what God gave me this morning of how I believe we're supposed to respond right now in this moment. Can I encourage you, if you're not someone who has a strong memory, write these down. If you're at home, welcome, by the way, on live stream. We love you. Praying for those who are sick. Pray that you would find the healing strength of God and comfort as well. Write these down or put them in your phone. This is really important. I believe that God is speaking and teaching us in this moment. This culture operates differently than the kingdom of God. It operates by emotion and circumstances. When circumstances happen, you react based on your emotion and response. That is not how the kingdom of God operates. The first letter, A, is this. Can you put that up? All authority, all power, and all control is God's. If you believe that, how you respond will be dictated and determined by that. All authority is God's. All of it. Do you believe that he who created all things holds all things together? If you believe that, you will not try to glue it together yourself. We so often do. The letter B is the battle belongs to God. We fight our battles like it all depends on us. The church was never created to do that. There are times where God calls us to physically fight against injustice, against abuse, against marginalization, against slavery, against inhumane things that go against the kingdom of God. But there are times where God tells you not to fight at all. That's where we gotta be in his presence and in his word to figure out when it's time to grab our weapons and when it's not. And by weapons, I don't mean glocks and pistols and shotguns. And I'm not speaking against that either, so don't misquote me. But where do your weapons lie? Where's your priority? Do you go to your spiritual weapons before you go to your physical weapons? I believe God has something to say about that. But again, I'm getting off course here. All through the Bible, God sends his people into battle to war against injustice and those who rise against God. But here's the thing. 
God always dwindles them down to where they are weak and unable to win the fight. Did you hear that? Look at Gideon. Hundreds of thousands, down to 10,000, all the way down to 300, facing an army of hundreds of thousands. God fights differently than our world. God always has the battle in his hands. Sometimes we fight in one way, and sometimes he calls us to fight the other. King Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles, they had three different armies coming after them, circling around their kingdom. And King Jehoshaphat sends the signal to us today. The first thing he did is he gathered everyone into the sanctuary. The second thing he did is he took his knee and he asked everyone to do the same. And he said, God, we have no stinking clue what to do right now. We are outnumbered. We are enabled to do this. Everything looks like the odds are against us. Yet, our eyes are fixed on you. What would happen if everyone who proclaimed to be a Christian got on their knees and stopped and began to say that prayer? God, we don't know what to do but our eyes are fixed on you. And you know what God led them to do in that battle? Nothing but worship. They sent the worshipers in front and the weapons were never pulled out and God destroyed the armies. He can do the same with the evil in our day, but he gets to say. So the battle belongs to him. However, the way we fight, friends, is not the way of the world. It's not. You show me in scripture where the way the kingdom of God fights is like this world. Now, again, I'm not saying that standing up and taking a stand against the wrong and the just and the fraud in our nation, I get it. We are, get active. Start meeting with our Congress. Start meeting with our politicians. Start making a change and say, something's got to give. Be the change, but it starts with fighting on your knees. Friends, if we spent more time praying than complaining and talking about it on social media, things could actually change. Now hear me, I always try to find the, the middle ground here. And I, can't, I, I, can't, I, I didn't plan a sermon around saying the do's and don'ts but we need to understand that all power and authority is God's and we need to leave it with him. And we need to also ask him where he wants us to respond in the battle. The third thing is this, cultivate a life of being in God's presence. That's where the fight begins. Don't be mistaken. Don't go running into the battlefield with not being prepared with the weapons and the armor of God. You will be attacked and eaten alive for the weapons of warfare are not of this earth, but are powerful in destroying strongholds. We are not in a battle against Democrats or Republicans. We are in a battle against the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And friends, if you don't know what kingdom you belong to, you better figure that out before you walk on out. And there is only one way, one truth, and one life to get into the kingdom of life, or uh, kingdom of light, and that is the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Cultivate a life of being in God's presence. That's why we're gonna do this this week. I'm calling all of us, all of you on social media joining us right now live stream, I'm calling everyone, like many churches are doing, to a fast and prayer this week. Monday through Friday. Could you put that up, Dustin? A call to pray and fast. What does fasting mean? Well, in biblical days, it meant food. 
I still believe that a fast is um, abstaining from food for either a meal, a, um, maybe from sweets or whatever. But honestly, I really feel like the Lord is calling us to fast from social media and the news. Do you know how much junk you are letting in through all the conspiracies and all the crap? If that's what you're focusing on more than God's word, your priorities are out of balance, period. And I say that with a loving heart because I find myself there as well. We're gonna pray here at the church at 12 o'clock. And if you're at work or wherever you are, stop at 12 o'clock and pray. Don't get out your phone and start scrolling through Facebook or Parlor or whatever it is. Open God's word and ask the Lord to speak to you. And pray over two things. Number one, our country. And number two, the church of Christ. Pray for our country, for peace, for justice, for truth to reign. Pray for our administration that is transitioning out and pray for our administration that is transitioning in. Pray. But in order to pray, you gotta be in God's presence. You gotta be in God's presence. So this week, Monday through Friday, is all about way less social media and news. Way less. Am I saying don't do it at all? That's between you and God. Our church Facebook page will only have this on all week. So you don't have to feel like you're gonna miss anything. If we have any news to give, we will send it through our email or our website. Way less social media and way more time with God. This is where things are gonna change. Change will not come by us just doing something physically and reacting. Change will come by us being on our knees, amen? amen. So let's pray. And I'm gonna challenge all of you here, if you are physically able to please get on your knees and let's pray. God, our lives is yours. You hold everything in control. You hold everything in your hands. Teach us your truth so we could declare it, so we can know it, so we can live it. I pray this week would be transformational for everyone as we get into your word, God, as we push away distractions, as we get away from just the minutia of life and the things that may matter now, but don't matter for eternity. God, forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me right now for just not putting you first. Forgive me for not spending my life in your presence. Forgive me for seeking after the things of entertainment, the things that just numb my mind. Forgive me for the sins of anger and bitterness and jealousy and God, that's just not of you, but thank you that you died on the cross, Jesus. Your blood is more than enough for the forgiveness of my sin. And Lord, we come to you right now broken. We know that this temporal world, we know it more and more and more and more, that this temporal world is fading. It will be destroyed. And if we are truly seeing the end of the end of all things, God, we know it's gonna get way uglier. But those who stand firm, those who trust in the name of the Lord, and those who build their house on the rock will endure and finish. We ask, oh God, that you would give us the strength through the power of your spirit to finish, to endure, to stand for what is right, to be filled with the power of the spirit that doesn't come from this world, to love those who are unlovable, to give when we can't even give anymore. God, would you just be with the Trump administration as they transition out, oh God. Be with our Congress. Be with all our political officials, our first responders, 
Jesus fixed their eyes on you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. And Lord Jesus, I pray for your love and your truth to overwhelm the incoming President Biden and Vice President Harris. Overwhelm them. God, would your presence be in that White House, the Oval Office. Jesus, we ask you to reign. We ask you to reign, to get all the glory, to change hearts, open eyes of the blind. Do it, God, because you're able and nothing is impossible for you. Do you agree with that? Amen. Nothing is impossible with our God. We worship you no matter what storms come, no matter what the results are, no matter what our future looks like. You are a good, good daddy. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. We exalt you. We adore you. We lift you up. We thank you that in our weakness, you are made strong. So come with your strength, God. Bind the church of Jesus Christ in America together. May we be one voice, one unit. I speak against the division in the body of Christ over this election and over all these politics. I, I, I break that curse in Jesus' name. And we speak unity. Jesus, you prayed for unity more than anything else. May we be unified and may we let our petty differences fall and melt away like wax in your presence, oh God. We worship you right now. Better is one day in your presence, God, than a thousand anywhere else. song that just keeps coming to me. I didn't sing it during the first service, but I think the song that just God wants us to continue to be at the front of our minds is goes Jesus. 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 There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, sing it if you know it, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away. There's <laughs> Hallelujah. And we say yes and amen. <laughs> Amen, by the way, is not gender-based. That's a bunch of bogus. Amen means may it be so in the kingdom of heaven and on the earth. This is the kind of crap that we need to bring to light with truth. I'm sorry. Forgive me for some intense words, but it is what it is. Guys, I, um, I have to be honest, I'm just, I'm really heavy. Um, not based on what's going on around us. I'm not heavy or sick about that at all. God's in control. I know he's in control. 
you know what? I don't have to worry about the things of tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know who holds my future and life is worth the living just because he lives. I don't, guys, we don't live of this world. This kingdom is not our home. And if we build our hope and foundation, even in the Constitution of the United States of America, which was built, by the way, of God-fearing men, built on the word of God, I get that, but still made by men, the Constitution of the kingdom of heaven comes from Jesus Christ being our cornerstone. The Constitution and the United States of America as we know it today will at one day pass from this earth. It will. I hope that it thrives. I hope that it endures to the end. But if the kingdom of America is what you're living for, you are bound to great discouragement and disappointment. I love America. I think it's the best country in the world. Thank you to all the men and women who served and thank you to guys like my dad who went to battle and almost gave his life for freedom. That is that threat. I get it. And there is something we need to do about it. Yes, we do need to take a stand. I agree. But we need to get real with who God is and who we are supposed to be as his followers. We are not to look the same as the world around us that we see on the news and social media. We're not. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pray you will be transformed this week, every day at noon. By the way, can I just see a show of hands of those who are going to commit Monday through Friday at 12? Maybe your lunch is at one, maybe it's at 11. That's okay. It's not about the time on the clock. It's about the time on your knees. How many are going to take it seriously and commit? Raise your hand. Come on. Let's get, let's get serious about it. Okay. If you don't know my heart, this is going to maybe come across wrong. But if your hand wasn't up, why? Why? Are you living your life based on your own strength and adequacy? Do you think that what you can physically, verbally, whatever do in your own strength is going to change the world? Man. It's times like these that we understand that there is absolutely nothing we can do apart from God. God gave me this prayer for our body a couple weeks before the New Year's and it's pursuing God's presence in 2021. How fitting is it now? This is my prayer for us to really experience not just this week, but every day throughout the year Because if we don't do this, let me just tell you, friends, everything you build your life upon will come crumbling down at the end of 2021. Doesn't matter who's in office. And then you're going to set New Year's resolutions for the next year to try to fix it. The only way to make it through 2021 by finishing well and enduring and staying strong is by pursuing the presence of God first and foremost in your life. That's it. Parents, are you depending on your school teachers to give that to your kids? There's some incredible teachers, some of them right here. But a lot of them in public schools are bound to not teach you that. You have to teach your kids how to be in the presence of God and how to say this is either a truth or a lie. Do your kids know how to do that? Are you talking with your kids about what's going on right now? And are you giving them a biblical perspective? If not, parents... You're not fulfilling your godly responsibility.
But things can change. Because this week, we're going to put God first. We're going to seek his presence together. If you're able, come, on to, come every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock right here and pray. Would love to get some prayer groups going. But if you can't, just pray right where you're at. Work, at home, shopping, whatever it is. Stop what you're doing and seek God on behalf of our country and the church of Jesus Christ. May God's presence completely change your heart, mindset, and your attitude. Please grab that word attitude and hold on to it because you're going to use it in just a minute. Pursue his presence in every moment of your life. It doesn't say pursue God's presence when your circumstances lead you to. Faith is not based by what happens to you. Faith is what happens in you through external circumstances. Are the external circumstances happening in our world right now? Are they strengthening you and making you even stronger spiritually in who God is? Or is your life spinning out of control? Pursue his presence in every moment of your life, whatever it takes, because he's worth it. And apart from him, you can do nothing. Whether it be a worship song, a scripture verse, or a whispered prayer, his life-changing presence can take you from the worst mindset to a place of peace and joy. There's nothing like the presence of God. And let me say this. I believe I sometimes... I get the first and second service mixed up of what I said and what I didn't say. So I apologize if I already said this. But Jesus, when he rose again and he ascended to the heavens and he sent his Holy Spirit to the upper room to fill the disciples and all those who bear the name of Christ, that was marked as end times since he's left until he returns. We are in the end times. Don't be mistaken. Don't listen to lies on the media or any other pastor or teacher that says likewise. But where we are on the spectrum of the end times from when Jesus ascended to when he will return, we're not specifically sure. But Jesus said, don't get consumed with the details of my return. Get consumed with winning the loss for Christ. Are we consumed with that or are we consumed with what's happening in our world and if Jesus is gonna come? When Jesus is about to come, this is what's gonna happen. The church is going to be stripped of every right and every freedom. And our number one concern is not going to be our personal freedoms. It's gonna be the lost one right next to me who doesn't know Jesus and will spend an eternity in hell without him. A sign that we're getting close is when we all, all of us right here and through the camera, start going after the lost because we know our time is short. That's when we know. Time is not on our side, and time is running short. What will you do about it? I'd like to not overwhelm us with teaching today. I love it when God messes up everything. I hate it. <laughs> we're launching this series called Get Real, and we're going through Matthew chapters five through seven. And then Lord willing, unless he changes it, we're gonna continue in Matthew eight, nine, 10, and maybe beyond as we talk about what it means to build our house to build our lives on the foundation of Christ. 
So these next couple months is gonna be solely fixed on what does it look like in our life in a practical way to follow Jesus in everything we do. Friends, I really believe that the time is coming. The time has been, but the time is coming in our lifetime where the church of Jesus is going to be marked and recognized and identified by joy, by worship, despite the ugliness going on. Complete surrender to God and obedience, not becoming doormats, becoming battery, battering rams. Not a doormat, but we have to understand ram when we are being used through the power of God. And that is through our joy. It's through our humility. It's through our kindness and love. And it's through us being grounded and absolutely enamored by the presence of God. And so I'd like to read Matthew 5, give a couple closing statements and have the worship team come up. So worship team, be ready. Let's read Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read it. You just follow along. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Jesus opened his mouth, and he taught them. This is one of, if not the greatest message recorded by Jesus Christ. By most scholars, This Sermon on the Mount is considered the constitution of the Christian faith. It's called the Magna Carta of Christianity. These are the greatest words that Jesus, yes, he's teaching to the multitudes, thousands on the hill, But if you read different translations, it shows that he's really teaching to his disciples and followers close up. And his words still resonate and are alive and active to us who follow Christ today. As I read this, please know that what Jesus has to say is so polar opposite from what we've learned in our culture completely opposite. The kingdom of God is fully upside down. And in order to be in the kingdom of God and live in the kingdom of God, we have to live not of this world, but of the kingdom of God, period. That's why I believe Christians aren't popular and will not be popular. It's because we live upside down that is foreign to this world. Yet so many of us look like the world. That's an issue. Not with me and you, but with Jesus Christ of his teaching of what it looks like to be a follower of him. Blessed. The word beatitudes, which a lot in your Bibles has the title there. The beatitudes is Latin word for blessed. Blessed. It means fortunate. Honored. Favored. It's not the blessings we have grown up to expect in our lives. So let's listen to Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Our culture, the poor is not blessed. It is a weakness. It is faulty. You've done something wrong to be poor. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Highly favored and fortunate are the ones who are poor in spirit. By the way, I do wanna let you know we're gonna look at this next week. But the Beatitudes are a spiritual stepladder to the maturity of Jesus Christ. 
You want to grow in Christ? Climb this ladder. And don't just memorize them. Live them. Because the majority of Christians know the Beatitudes. The majority of Christians don't live them out. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, upside down, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. What? You don't see me hungering and thirsting. (laughs) Come on. It's not talking about for possessions and food. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is a spiritual theological word for right standing with God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. That's happening today. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. For this series, I want you to look at the Sermon of the Mount and the Beatitudes like this. Be the attitude of Christ. Be the attitude of Christ. We are called when we are changed by Jesus. We are given new life. The dead man or woman to sin is stripped away. Yes, it's still here because we live in the flesh, but we have died to the flesh and we have risen anew in Christ. Lost my thought. Where was I, Ernie? You weren't listening. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Where was I? Thank you so much. Sorry, Ernie. Be the attitude. Thank you. We are called. See, I'm, for, I'm almost 42, and this is so scary. Some of you are like, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> we are called to grow in the image of Christ, to be Christ. Okay? We are uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. No, chapter 3, 17 through 18. See, I don't have notes. (laughs) Be conformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. It says, when those who the veil has been lifted are being transformed into his likeness, means Christ, from glory to glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are called to be image bearers of Jesus. In order to be like Jesus, we need to put on the attitude of Jesus. And what we find all over in churches, not our church, of course, is instead of being the attitude of Christ, we decide to take an attitude. (laughs) We We tend to find an attitude with the things and the circumstances coming around us. Look at social media. We have to get this right. We have to be the attitude of Christ. If we are not reflecting the attitude of Christ, we will not be able to grow in the action of Christ. As a man thinks, so he becomes. What you dwell on and what you believe is what you will begin to act out. That's why behavior modification doesn't work with the attitude of Christ and being like Christ. That's what 2 Timothy says. 
they're in the form of God, but they deny the power of God. It's like us being religious people, seeking after the things of God, but having no power. It's because we're acting and reacting in our emotions and in our flesh, which will always take us away from being the attitude of Christ. You want power? Be the attitude of Christ. You want peace? Flip your life upside down and be the attitude of Christ. You want wisdom? You want guidance? You want favor? You want blessing from God? Be the attitude of Christ. Don't just quote some religious scripture jargon. Be the attitude. You have to put it on. You have to wear it. You have to allow it to become part of you. So two challenges I want to leave you as we start to embrace the Beatitudes of what it looks like to be a Christian. First challenge is this. Jesus' teachings here, even in the culture where he was teaching it, is so radically different than the patterns of this world and our culture. That's why we are caught in the in-between. We are caught into what we think is right and what we should do in our own strength and what should we overturn this and should we fight against this and should we do that? Versus, well, God, does he call us to sit on our hands and do nothing and just watch as our country goes to shreds, right? I don't think Jesus would say that at all. But again, remember, we're not of this kingdom. We are foreigners, strangers. We have a passport to earth from heaven. So we're to act a little bit differently and it starts with our attitude of Christ. And let me tell you this, you can't have the attitude of Christ if Christ is not in you. And if you have not surrendered your life and your sin to Jesus and taken his life and forgiveness Christ is not in you, the hope of glory. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I give you my life. A gentleman gave me this cross this morning in my hand and hugged me and said, you're loved. I just want you to have this. Right before I came up on first service, we need to be reminded this is the only life I was called to live is to pick up my cross, deny myself, and serve and love others. This teaching of Jesus is so radically different than what we're used to, than what's been ingrained in us, that just like other habits you need to break from, it's, it's gonna be very difficult, but you have to discipline yourself to live by the upside-down kingdom and not conform to the patterns of this world. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's how you live your life. That's where it means blessed, means happiness. It does mean happiness that comes from the kingdom of God, not that the world gives. The second challenge is this, and the band can come up. What you think the word blessed means will determine whether you can conform to Jesus' teaching or not. Most of us, not every one of us, but most of us have been taught even through the church that blessing means possessions. If I give, it will come right back to me. Give your tithe and God will bless your checkbook. The word of God never says that, by the way. It says he will bless you. Well, we're gonna find out what blessing means through this series. Blessing is not based on possessions. If they are, friends, you are going to expect God to bless you with something he never 
ever designed to give you. And when you don't get it, you're going to struggle with doubt and fear and frustration towards God and wonder why he held out on you. By the way, was the first lie that the devil gave Eve was that God was holding out on her. Blessing is not built on possessions, nor your position, nor your personal freedom. Jesus was the most blessed because he was the son of God. Yet he lived in, under Roman rule. When people found out he was the Messiah, what was the first thing they thought of? Not the cross. They literally expected God in flesh to overthrow the Roman rule and tyranny. And when he went to the cross, they lost all hope. Friends, the way of the kingdom is completely polar opposite from the way of the world. Jesus was blessed, but he was blessed not based on position, possessions. He possessed nothing, not even a pillow for his head. It's not based on personal freedoms. It's based on your spiritual bankruptcy and allowing God to give you what you need for life and godliness. To be blessed by God is not based on possessions, position, or personal freedoms. It is solely based on your awareness of your spiritual bankruptcy and allowing God to give you everything you need for life and godliness. Would you bow your head? God, right now, just push away distractions. May the words that I spoke be the words of your heart. And if anything I said, God, was not of you, eliminate it from our minds. Convict us, comfort us, and change us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Dear sister Ashley, she uh, came up to me afterwards and uh, um, just really had it on her heart, a prayer. And uh, I've asked her to share it and not sure if you will. Can you, can you just come up here real quick? We're gonna speak in my head mic here. Um, but just stay standing. Uh, I really do believe that this is a, a prayer uh, that will launch us into this week. And I'll talk about that in, in a quick second. Um, as we were singing, Good Father, it just, this prayer kept coming over me, and I pray it for us that we, we see this um, as a word from God um, that the pride, the proud will fall. A spirit of pride needs to fall off of everyone, um, especially God's church, that the humble are going to rise, and the Lord wants us to see what He's preparing. He wants us to see that He's preparing a way for us. The pride has to fall first so the humble can rise. Jesus. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for being obedient to share that. That is a scary thing. Um, will you join us? I know many of you already said uh, you can go to our website for more information this week. It's not up there yet. Pray and fast with us. Fast from social media, fast from food, whatever, you, whatever God has put on your heart. Pray for our country and pray for the church, okay? Less social media and news and way more of God's presence. It will change us and it will change the environment around us. Don't believe me, look at the scriptures of what happens when God's people humble themselves and seek the face of God. I do want to take a quick personal moment. She's at home, but it's my wife's and mine uh, anniversary today, uh, January 10th. 
That woman supports me in this ministry more than you'll ever know. It'd be 17 years today. And so I'm so excited for the 20. And uh, love you, babe. And uh, we love you. Uh, I'm gonna be up front. If you want prayer, if you wanna process anything, um, would love to. Again, come here at 12 or just wherever you are during your lunch period, seek the presence of God. Amen? Come on, now let's say amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.